we call this section of our program to a halt and ask you to assemble in your respective groups and begin the march for freedom now. Let us begin quietly and orderly to move out, remembering that by your great numbers, you have forced a slow, dignified, and stately march. We'll see you at the Lincoln Memorial. We have this kind of nostalgic view of Martin Luther King and his I Have a Dream speech, which has also been sort of sanitized down. People don't remember that this was a march for jobs and freedom. It was about economic justice. And he alluded to that as well. And so I think there's still a way in which, to the extent that women are even thought of when we think of the March on Washington, the primary problem for African-American women in the, between 1930 and 1960 was that African-American women were working, but not in areas that received Social Security benefits um, and workers' protection. So the three areas that were received significant African-American women employment opportunities, domestic work, laundry work, and um, helping professions like nursing for many years were actually not included uh, in the social security system. Because the most visible part of the March on Washington is the I Have a Dream speech, right? And this is a, a speech that is almost entirely focused in on a sort of political rights um, understanding of the civil rights movement. And it obscures in some ways, I think, the types of issues that were at the forefront of the organizers' minds, which is, do we have access to an equal workplace? Do we have access to the same type of benefits? Do we have access to right, a larger political economy? Um, and for that set of organizers, the March on Washington did not necessarily achieve its outcomes. I think from the very beginning, black women understand that they're confronting challenges that are, as we like to say now, intersectional in nature, and that they are going to have to confront, right, what does political power mean for women um, broadly. And, and so what happens after um, uh, the March on Washington is you have increasingly within the black community a critique of the civil rights movement itself it's failing to accomplish the goals that would be sustainable for black women. What's really interesting about um, Anna um, Arnold Hedgeman and Dorothy Height is the, literally the day after the March on Washington, they began to organize around black women's issues, right? Um, they actually held sort of a, a, a slightly angry press conference, like, hey, here's all the things that the women did to organize this march. And hey, um, we as black women face specific challenges. Murray attended that National um, Council for Negro Women conference the day after the march and she spoke 
vehemently about the importance of including um, attention to sexism and black women. Um, she coined the term Jane Crow to talk about the ways in which black women faced both race and sex discrimination. Black women, historically, have been doubly victimized by the twin immoralities of Jim Crow and Jane Crow. Black women, faced with these dual barriers, have often found that sex bias is more formidable than racial bias. And so what's happening if we tell the story about feminist development from the standpoint of saying, well, Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinman, these are the first feminists, actually, no. There's a, there's a direct thorough line for black women from what happens on the March on Washington to the organization of, the interracial organization of feminist organizations like now. They are ready and they are angry because of the ways in which the roles were diminished. It is an erasure. We have to see it as a failure. And everybody involved who was a woman understood it as a failure. Um, because how can we talk about civil rights if we're not fundamentally thinking about the types of uh, work necessary for both working class and professional women um, to, to, to sustain the black community. And the disappointment of the March on Washington becomes a spur for black organizers to specifically focus in on the intersection of race and um, gender um, in their work. And for Pauli Murray, she begins to work in important areas around the Equal Employment um, Opportunity Commission and she writes a very important law review article um, that raises the question of intersectionality, um, the strange case of Jane Crow, before um, uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there is no Ruth Bader Ginsburg without Pauli Murray. Um, and her idea that when women go to work and when women work in a specific environment, they confront challenges based on their race and on their gender.